Alright lovely listeners, Dust of Chalk here. Now, I hope you don't mind my diverting attention away from our busy detective in and general miscreant in for a little bit, but I found something a little bit special that I wanted to share. See, I've been doing a bit of reading, not quite Akron's levels mind, but I found an old book that was telling me about this legendary festival that supposedly happened in a mythical land a very, very long time ago. Now, story goes that this festival all began when a wizard called Macy got driven mad by magic he was messing about with, and he started transmuting Drew taught me that one, uh, he'd started transmuting things into gigantic versions of themselves. Honestly, all sorts. Acorns, pumpkins, bears, mice, frogs, deers, birds, you name it. So drunk on power was Macy that he sent all these humongous creatures floating into the nearest town to terrorise the locals and take over. Now, this gets a bit scary, alright? But what happened next was absolutely brilliant, so just stick with me if you can. So, on seeing his town under attack, a brave young chap called Neville stepped up, nothing but an old helmet and pitchfork to his name, and he challenged Macy to a duel. Laughing his wicked laugh, the wizard agreed, accepting the terms of a one-on-one battle. But being a crafty bastard, instead of coming out to fight himself, he sent his most terrifying, gigantic creature out to fight in his stead. That creature he called the Gobbler. A winged, bird-like beast of truly gargantuan size, with blue and blood-red skin that could burn you hot or cold. Pitch black eyes that stared into your soul. A tail that could hypnotise in seconds and whose petrifying call resounded round the town walls and froze the hearts of even the most hardened soldiers. Gobble, gobble it went. Gobble, gobble ready to devour everything in its path. On seeing this foe approach, Neville was rooted to the spot in fear, knowing that this day may be his last. But, inspired by his bravery, a call began to rise up around him. It began slow, a whisper from the few who hadn't run away. Neville realised they were calling his name. Others joined in and the whisperings grew to a mighty, mighty roar that gave the youngster might like he'd never felt before. Oh, I quite enjoyed that one. I'll have to uh, tell Paddler about it later. Right, uh, right, where was I? Ah, yeah, okay. Now, just as the gobbler turned to cast its steely gaze over Neville's tiny form, he saw it. His chance. It glinted white in the moonlight, sticking out from between the feathers on the beast's hideous chest. The only 
fragile looking thing on this entire monstrous creation. In that second, Neffel's focus became clear. He ran straight for the beast. The beast mirrored, charging straight at the boy. A true game of... Um... Oh, I don't know. Um... Summon, summon. Neffel fainted to the left. The beast fainted right, raising its sharp talons in the air to strike hard. And in that moment, time slowed down. Neffel raised his pitchfork, slid under the breast of the creature, and drove it right into its heart. The world stopped. The beast halted. Out from under the fearsome tail feathers and out the back, Neville slid. Now, with a gleaming white triangular bone mounted on the prongs of his old pitchfork, Macy screamed a blood-curdling scream as Neville slammed the bone down to the ground, cleaving it perfectly in two. As he did so, Bolstered by the townsfolk's whoops and hollers, he turned to the wizard and shouted, Heed my wish that peace be granted. With his powers depleted and his beast defeated, Macy fled in shame, never to be seen or heard from again. What a bit of a roller. Anyway, um, the townsfolk were jubilant and announced Neville as the people's champion. Of course, they still had the problem of all these massive bits and bobs floating about. Like a gigantic birdie beast, for one. And, you know, this, this is my favourite part. To deal with it all, they reckoned the best thing to do was to have a giant feast and trade stories of how grateful they were to be alive. Isn't that marvellous? Not sure where they got a pot big enough, but anyway, that's beside the point. So this became a yearly tradition, and they saw many harvests come and go. Anyway, I enjoyed reading that so much, I asked my lot what they would have said if they were there that day, as a way of, I don't know, Carrying on the celebration, as it were. Now, Paddler said he was thankful for the large sack of gold he was holding at the time. And the chance to have more large sacks of gold. And that might not have been keeping in the general spirit, but, you know, <laughs> to each his own. Akron, between hammering things, said he was thankful for companionship and being able to choose his own path. Honestly, that one, that one got me a bit. Yeah, that young man can be very deep when he wants to be. And Drew, well, Drew said she was thankful for all the love and friendship in her life, and to have the guidance of her patron. Wonderful stuff, really. Really wonderful. Oh, I nearly forgot. She also said soup, which honestly, at this chilly time of year, I do absolutely understand. So, come on. Go get yourself a big bowl of soup and join me in giving thanks to the things you care about this week. Whether it's friends, family, or with your own wonderful group of weirdos. Catch you next time. Cheer bye.